everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. We're a little late this week. This is the weekly weather for May 15th to May 22nd. I had another bout with COVID. Came in Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of sort of back. Uh, and then my computer crashed, so I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to wait wait until those eclipses give me a little break, and then I'm going to do the podcast. So we're a little late, but here it is. The eclipses are here, in case you didn't notice. I noticed, uh, and hopefully you noticed too. So we're going to do the eclipses the week of May 15th to the 22nd. Of course, we are halfway through the week, but the information still pertains, so hopefully that will help you. Uh, and, of course, there was no blog talk this week because the computer died. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Off we go. I have a Nook, uh, which is a really great computer. It's this little box, like this big. I can fly around with it and stuff. But it lately has been overheating. So I have to get one of those little air gas cans, which I don't have. I have that up in New York. I need one down here for Florida. Because it has gone boom, crash, overheats, everything goes down, and it's done. So hopefully this will record, and it won't overheat, and it won't crash. And if it does... It's the eclipses. So, how you doing? Aren't they wild? The eclipses are here. The eclipses are here. We're really feeling this energy of intensity and passion. So, let's talk about what's been going on and how to work with it. I got my little pointer for those of you who like the pointer. So, they're here. We have another two weeks. We had that full moon eclipse. Hopefully, you got to watch it bright and early. There was an eclipse Saturday, the new moon eclipse. That was the first, which has brought to light all sorts of things including the Roe v. Wade decision. And then here, this was the eclipse that we had Sunday night. Midnight, midnight, we were watching. You were able to see it. You were able to work with it uh, and go forward. But before that happened, we had Ceres entering Cancer. And Ceres, you can see here, uh, here she is, our little goddess of love, uh, and nurturing and caring for things. And she's out of bounds, so she's very passionate, very intense. A lot of energy around food and nurturing and how you're nurturing and of course mothers because of the abortion business uh, and she's going to be in cancer until July 23rd but she's out of bounds right now and so when we see Ceres notice she's a sickle you know in the old days that's how they before they had plows and combines they used to cut it down with a little knife that looked like that a sickle and um, the energy of Ceres of course is very strong and she is squaring she's on a world point She's squaring the part of fortune. She's also squaring Jupiter in Aries, also on a world point. And then she is in an aspect to um, Uranus on a world point, also at 15 Taurus. So there's a lot of energy around food, mothers, nurturing, family, tribes, very old emotional stuff that's up for all of us as that series enters Cancer and spends her time there in the growing season. So we think of the summer, that's when everything really grows, the time of Cancer. So she's in that energy right now. Then we have our lunar eclipse that's taking place, which happened on Monday night around 1213. Hopefully you got to see it. I did here down in Florida. The moon was high. It's at 25. The eclipse that happens now wraps up the stuff from December, November of last year when the eclipse happened on November 13th, 15th in there. And then we have another eclipse on November 7th, Election Day, <laughs> in the fall. So this eclipse, the stuff that happens on this eclipse, comes to light. And we all go, oh my God, I'm really feeling very passionate about this. And it echoes in the voting booths come November. 
in the United States, but also for you, whatever's coming up now, you're going to be working with that story. And we do see with this eclipse in the chart cast for Washington, we see Uranus on a world point, we see Ceres on a world point, we see Jupiter and Aries on a world point, we see a lot of planets on world points making this be a particularly juicy eclipse. Some of them are nice, they're fine, nothing really happens. But with this many planets on a world point, we know stuff's going down, which you can feel. We also see this lovely applying trine here. Mars applying to uh, the moon and the sun, applying to the sextile to the sun, applying to the nodes of fate, or just finished with the nodes of fate, heading towards the moon. But more importantly, Mars is going to come to Neptune this week, too. And that initiates two years, too, of working on your dream. Neptune's the dream. Mars says work on it. Let's get some action. And if you remember at the beginning of April, April 12th, Jupiter and Neptune met up to start a new 13-year dream cycle. And that, of course, back time, last time they met was back in the 18... 1856 when they met up in Pisces and that was the Crimean War coming to an end. Of course we're back having wars in the Crimean country, the you know Ukraine, Crimea and of course it got taken over by Russia a few years back and now we're fighting there again. So we, you know the cycles of astrology are really fascinating and with, with that Mars and Neptune the universe is going to ask us to make forward motion aspects take action and move forward in new ways. We also see the sun here in Taurus approaching a trine to Pluto. That's a very powerful trine. It encourages us to work with the energy in a proactive way. It's an opening trine. When the sun was in Capricorn and met up with Pluto in January, we had a beginning cycle. And you know, when a planet hits a planet, when there's a conjunction, we start a story. And so now the sun is in open harvest mode. It's harvesting what we began in January as it moves forward and goes in the course of a year. It'll come back and meet up with Pluto next year. But we're, this is a very harvesting energy. Note all the planets, 22, 25, 28, 27, 24, 24, 23, 22, 25. There's a giant uh, Eris here. I've missed her in 24. There's a giant clump of energy, kind of like a giant... Um, clot, for lack of a better word, like a big clump of stuff traveling together. So when those many planets are talking to each other, traveling together in the sky, it heightens the frequency. It's kind of the crescendo energy. And of course, it's a releasing eclipse. Moon on that south node saying emotionally, what do you need to release to go forward for your next chapter of life? And you're working on it. Uh, we, we look at this uh, eclipse, the asteroids, of course, are interesting. We have Orpheus, we have Orpheus, we have Orpheus, inviting us to descend to the underworld. We have Eurydice, who went to the underworld. Now remember, Orpheus did not follow instructions. He was told if he wanted his wife back, he had to leave, he had to leave and not look back. And uh, he looked back, and then he lost his wife forever. We have a lot of those stories, you know, uh, leaving uh, Lot's wife. Don't look back, and she looked back, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. This is a time to move forward, not looking back, understanding behind you. When you look back, <laughs> it's not a good thing. Saturn paralleling Orphesis, it's going to paralyze you. Eurydice on Chiron, it's going to wound you. Pluto on Orpheus, let me invite you to come back and have more power struggles with me. Vesta on Orpheus, like, do you really want to stay in this environment? Is this healthy for you? 
No, 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 leave, don't look back, just go. That's what the planets are inviting us to do, to give it permission to move forward, to follow that north node in Taurus, to follow the sun in Taurus and move in that new direction. As I mentioned, this week we have the Mars-Neptune conjunction. So here we see Mars and Neptune meeting up again. And they are, again, all these, all these charts are first house, first quadrant charts, planets in houses one, two, three. First quadrant charts, again, cast for the U.S., but just a bundle of energy. Just kind of think even as a bundle of energy where they land in your chart. They're going to be initiating. But here, Mars and Neptune are saying, okay, let's take a, let's take a position. Let's understand what's going on. Let's take action for the next two years on the dream, Neptune, on the vision, on the hope that we're heading towards. And that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction at 23 Pisces is very active because Mars is now triggering the Neptune, one planet in it. And in a little while, he's going to get to Aries and he's going to trigger the Aries planet. Not just yet, but when Mars gets into Aries, we're going to see the second part of that conjunction triggered. But more importantly, Mars is on the point of the conjunction. So when planets meet up, they kind of form like a little hole in the ground. They dig a little hole and they go, okay, this is our hole. So whenever anything goes over 23, it's gonna activate that hole. And you can see the nodes there, the sun's there, the moon was there. And every time anything hits 23, it's gonna go, oh, it kind of jumps, oh. And you go, oh, what was that? Well, that Jupiter-Neptune jumped again. It was like like I'm here in Boca Ciega Bay, and when the dolphins come out, and you go, oh, the dolphins, and then you're like watching for the dolphins to come back. This is an energy of oh, taking action on your dream. Give it permission. Go forward. Give it, a net, give it a yes. Notice the moon here just squared the Mars and the Neptune, and it said it's a dream of freedom. It's a dream of vision. It's a dream of your purpose, your potential. What is it you believe in? These eclipses are so much about what your belief systems are and, more importantly, what they're not anymore. Mercury is retrograde during these eclipses. He's asking you to look back at your old beliefs, see if they are still your current beliefs. If they're not, out of here. Get rid of them. If they're still your current beliefs, great. What do they need to change to get you to the new place? And there's a lot of energy that's very swirly and unclear, unclear energy, but it also is, uh, it's awakening energy. So it's kind of like when you wake up in the morning and there's still the, the um, fog and you don't really know what kind of day it's going to be yet. It's a little bit of that too. And just trusting that process that you're right where you're supposed to be based on the choices you've made so far in your life. And now you're going to be asked to make new choices or to look at the choices you've made and go, that was a good choice, but I think I need to change it. I think I need to shift it into something else and take that take that opportunity and take that risk and change it. Uh, then, of course, at the end of the week on Friday, the sun enters Gemini, the third month of the spring season. And Gemini, of course, Taurus is when everything blooms and the daffodils and the tulips and the cherry blossoms, all the fixed energy, the bees and the birds come to them. Gemini says, what are you going to plant? What do you want to plant? Notice the sun and Venus, sun and Mercury are combust next to each other so this is a very potent mercury new season it's saying what do you want to plant now recognize with the mercury and gemini retrograde you might change that that's okay you don't have to you don't have to commit forever but you are being asked what it is you want to plant as it moves forward as this new energy begins and there's a lot of energy that goes bump bump ba bump this week you know it has an aspect and then there's a ba bump right behind it oh, oh like that happened oh ba bump there's an like this happened and i go oh 
that happened, and I go, oh. Part one, part two. Four planets firing quickly. Doop, 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 doop. So when it's just two, which is what we usually run into, it's a lot. But when they're four firing at the same time, you kind of go, wow, that fired. Okay, what does that mean? So there's very strong energy of that firing that we move forward. And then, of course, Mercury is going to retrograde on Sunday back into Taurus, right? Because he was in Gemini. So as he comes back into Taurus, going to go backwards, into Taurus, looking at the structures, looking at the physicality of what needs to shift, and then he's going to station in Taurus and then go back over, back into Gemini. So Gemini is ideas. You saw reality differently when Mercury was in Taurus, and then you start thinking about it a little differently. Now Mercury's retrograding back into Taurus, and he goes, now that you see that, what do you want to do now? And that's the important thing. Remember, Mercury is our messenger. He carries us information. He's not necessarily judgmental, but he always goes, well, you know, I told you about this. And you go, yeah, you did, Mercury. <laughs> and he goes, now, now that you know about it, what do you want to do about it? And he kind of leans forward. And he looks at you. And he goes, so what do you, what do you want to do? What do you think? What do you want to do? This is where we are at the moment of choice. And it may be you know what you don't want to do. That's okay, too. Because retrogrades are about what we don't want as well as what we do want. And it invites us. Stories come back. We hear things. We find out things we didn't know about. And when you find them out, then you get a different impression. You learn something different. You see it in a different way. And that's what this is all about. Seeing it in a different way so you can make different choices if you want to. Free will, of course. But what are you being, what's being illuminated in your life? What part of the Gemini Taurus story of your life is shifting and changing? And asking you to look at it in a new way. It's a big week. Two more weeks of eclipses. And then it calms down a little when we have that new moon in Gemini. And we go, okay, I have a new moon. <laughs> Thank heaven the eclipse season is over. But it will be back in November. It'll be back in November. So we'll watch for it then because the next eclipse is on election day. All right, so this week uh, we do our aspects and where they are. So the sun is in 24 Taurus and it goes into Gemini, 57. So it's migrating through the 24 Taurus all the way through 30. All those planets are going to be activated by the sun. He's going to see things, she's going to see things, and say to you, hey, did you notice that? So watch for what you're learning about. Mercury, as I mentioned, is retrograde. He's at 339. He goes back into 2958 Taurus. So the planets at the early degrees, the planets that he woke up and he said, well, I'll tell you about this. And you're like, what? And now he's like, okay, now let me tell you the next part. And you go, what? And then there'll be a third part. That's to come. But this week is the, hey, I thought that was the story. Yeah, it was. Now what? Venus this week is in Aries, and she's moving from 1446 Aries to 23... 32 Aries. So she's going to go on the world point when she hits 22 Aries, uh, which is making her be very feisty and very firm and very active when she hits that world point, 21, 22, 23. So the back end of the week, Venus is on a world point. Again, passionate, intense. Venus does not like being in Aries. Uh, well, she likes being in Aries. She's a morning star right now, so she's very happy to be in Aries. Thank you very much. That said, She's also looking at stuff and figuring out what she wants to do. And the Aztecs watched, and when Venus was a morning star, she was a warrior energy. So she's going to be a warrior energy for a little while now. Uh, and that's okay. 
you know, because she's rising in the morning and she's rising before the sun and she's like, God damn it, this is what I want. So watch for Venus to be very feisty and demanding this week. Mars this week is running from 2321 of Pisces into 2835, the last degrees of Pisces. Again, hanging out those anoretic degrees, the last degree, the last sign of the zodiac, very intense emotional energy, very intense ending energy, because it's the end of a cycle and beginning of a new one. And when Mars goes into Aries, he goes across the equator and he's like, I'm ready. <laughs> and that's going to happen, not this week, but this week he's like, oh, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to where I want to, but I'm like, I want to go to bed. Once he shifts into Aries, man, rockets, rockets. Uh, not this week, though. And Jupiter this week is going to two uh, Aries. <sighs> and Saturn. <laughs> it's a heavy week. Saturn this week is going to 2507 uh, Capricorn. Uranus this week is going to 1548, still on a world point all week long. We have to actually get him off 16, you know, to get him out of there. Uh, and then Neptune has a hard aspect to um, their, uh, Athena, asking you to revise your strategies. We already talked about series going into Cancer. So when we're looking at the aspects in the intensity scale, with Mercury going back into Taurus, he's going to ground. He's going to come flying and land on the ground. Uh, the Sun has a square to Saturn, a trine to Pluto, a sextile to Neptune, a square to Vesta. So the Sun is really making plans for the future. Sun in Taurus is a physical sign. It likes to know what's going on. And it's got some work it's working on really hard. The Sun is working really hard this week for consciousness, for understanding. That full moon kind of threw him back a little bit, but he went, all right, all right, I get it. I have to take action. Um, Venus, of course, is feisty and fiery, and, you know, she's... She's cantankerous. <laughs> so if you find the feminine energies feeling a little cantankerous, if you're feeling a little cantankerous, that's Venus. She's in a cantankerous mood. And, you know, sometimes she's like that. You know, when I was a little kid, uh, my mother would go, Hi, I'm furious. <laughs> and she would get in the car and drive. She would go, I'm going out for a drive. And we'd all go, okay, she's really mad. You gotta, when Venus gets like that, you've got to let her have her head. you got to let her run. Uh, and then Mars, of course, as I mentioned, the two-year cycle when he meets up with Neptune, beginning it. And then towards the end of the week, he has a lovely sextile to Pluto. Mars in Pisces sextiles Pluto in Cancer, in Capricorn. And he says to Pluto, you know, it doesn't have to be that hard to make these changes. And Pluto goes, really? And, and Mars goes, yeah. And as Mercury comes to trine Pluto, which he'll do next week, we have an opportunity to figure out what that is. The moons this week, uh, we had the eclipse. That was, of course, emotional and big. The tough moons this week are going to be on uh, Friday uh, when we have a lot of activity that day. And we also have a lot of emotional stress and strain on Sunday the 22nd. A lot of emotional stress and strain. Those are the DB days. And you could have had a DB day on Tuesday the 17th when I was missing. Because I had COVID. I had the quick COVID, which was good, but it knocked me out. Um, so the energy is intense this week. It is eclipse energy. It is releasing energy. It is going to make you feel like you have to do something, but you don't. You don't have to do anything. You can just watch. You can just be quiet. You can just look. 
But if you're feeling compelled to act or you're feeling like throwing things around the house, best to not. But it is a situation. It's been in place for a while. You're just seeing it now with different eyes. Doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. Think before you take action. Mars is at the last degrees of Pisces. He really wants to understand emotionally how he got into this mess before he goes swimming away. But he will swim away next week when he goes into Aries. So we'll feel it. We'll feel that shift and change. He goes into Aries next Tuesday, the 24th. Um, so this week, the moon was in Scorpio Sunday, Monday. It went void uh, around 5.30 in the morning. And then the moon in Sag was Monday, Tuesday, all day. Nice energy, good closing aspects. Moon has a closing aspect of a sextile to Saturn in air. Then moon went into Capricorn bright and early this morning, the 18th, Wednesday. And it's in Capricorn Thursday. And it goes void at 8 in the morning on the 20th, Friday. And it goes void with a trine to the sun. And when it goes void with a trine to the sun, it's then going to be void all day long. No, no, I'm wrong. I, I take that back. It's going to be void for an hour on Friday morning, Mercury retrograde. Calendar caught me, tried to trick me. Um, and then the sun goes into Gemini. That's what I was seeing on the 20th, late in the night at 9.23. But moon goes into Aquarius on Friday the 20th. It's in Aquarius on the 20th, Friday, on Saturday the 21st. And then it goes void at 3.19 in the morning on Sunday with a conjunction to Saturn. So it makes some firm decisions about things. And then it enters Pisces at 11.49 in the morning, on Sunday morning, and it is in Pisces Sunday afternoon, Monday, and Tuesday through 5.33 when it meets up with Mars, right before Mars gets ready to roll into Aries. So the closing aspects this week are all easy, flowing, and good, which means decisions made on them will work out in a good way. They're not going to be hard to implement or do, and so if you know that, It'll help you work with the energy of the week. And hopefully um, you're uh, not too annoyed that the report's late. <laughs> but I was just like, you know, my computer's not cooperating. I'm sick as a dog. I'm going back to bed. The nice part was Remo stayed with me uh, for two days. Slept with me. It's always so nice when he's cuddly. And the kittens have been adopted. Um, Ted, as I mentioned, has a forever home. Phyllis got a forever home. And the other three have had their parts altered. <laughs> And I've been put up for adoption, so I hope to report back on them with a full report. And Betty White attacked the cat in the house she's in. So hopefully she gets to stay, but she might be looking for another forever home. Because she is supposed to be the queen of the house. And if she's not the queen, Venus and Aries, she's going to attack again this week because that cat's feisty. Um, so that's the update on the cats. And then in terms of the world, we have the Pluto return of the United States. We also have the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction of April 12th, which is activating this week with Mars coming to that Neptune. And last but not least, we have Cupful of Stars, where you get a daily update from me every morning, about 8 to 10 minutes. I said 6 to 8, but it's really running closer to 10, with a list of the aspects for the day um, that you can use and kind of scan and plan your, plan your week or plan your day. Uh, so that's the energy. We're forward motion. If you're going to be at ESAR in uh, August, I'll see you there. And then we're also doing a thing in Rhinebeck um, at Omega Center in September. So those are opportunities to meet in person. And I wish you a great day and a wonderful week. And an eclipse. The eclipses are here. The eclipses are here. They're leaving. They're leaving. And remember when Mercury turns to you and goes, I told you it would be like this. 
You go, Mercury, can we sit down and have a cup of tea? I got some scones or I got some oatmeal raisin cookies over here for you when you go into Taurus. I know you like the oatmeal raisin cookies. Can we sit down and have a chat, Mercury? Talk to your ghosts. Paperwork, ideas, things you're finding. You're finding old files. You're learning stuff. All important. All part of the Mercury retrograde. Telling you things so you can make good decisions for the rest of your life. No pressure. And I hope you have a great week. Ann Ortley, signing off from the turquoise desk, overlooking Boca Siege Bay on Wednesday, during the week <laughs> of uh, May 15th through May 22nd. Have a great day, and I'm sorry it's late, but, you know, sometimes the body goes to bed. You're going to bed now, and the computer goes, we're going to crash so you can go to bed. I'm taking my signs from Mercury. The bowels, Mercury rules Virgo, which is where my COVID hits. And the computer, Mercury rules Gemini and the computers. So he was like, we're not doing that. And I got all the way through with no phone call, no crash. And I think it's going to post. Who knew? Have a great day. Bye. This conference is no longer being recorded.